Shannon Kaysen's Homemade Stories is proud to be supported by the Friends of Homemade Stories. Thank you to everyone who listens, enjoys, and supports the stories. I'm going to call you out if you support it since the previous episode. Kristen Z in Michigan, N. Fajera in California, and all the other people who sent me emails, I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, you know, Patreon got in touch with me, Patreon. And they said, Shannon, there's a better way for you. I listen. And they work with me, and I started the Patreon page. Now visit patreon.com backslash Shannon Kaysen. Becoming a patron will help homemade stories get better production. I pay my producers, and when I can, I just can't. It'll help me be more consistent. Money always makes the time spent make more sense. Hours go into a 30-minute podcast many times. And it supports the storytellers. I love if telling stories to you is all that I do but I need you. So become a patron at patreon.com backslash Shannon Kaysen. And you'll get something too, depending on your level. You'll get homemade stories, bonuses. I'm going back through my old episodes right now, creating bonus material, uh, consistent impromptu video stories. These are like unfiltered, honest, everyday life stories, the kind of stories I love, uh, storytelling and podcast training and inspiration videos. Sometimes people just need a little info and a little push to get in this kind of stuff. I get emails like every week and merch. I love teas, mugs, shit like that. So become a patron at patreon.com backslash Shannon Kaysen, or you can find the link and other links to support at shannoncaysen.com. I've been doing this over 10 years now, and I appreciate you for blessing the storyteller. Thank you. Okay. Enjoy the show. Also, real quick, I don't know if you know, but there's more stories available to you right now. I mean, like right now. I started a YouTube channel called No Idea with Shannon Kaysen. These are like what's happening right now kind of commentaries and stories that I tend to tell. Like what's life like after two divorces? Readjusting to a new city that I used to live in. Randomness about things I have no idea about. I have a voice for podcasts, but I'm all right in front of a camera too, I must say. You know, I probably need to get my teeth whitened a little bit, drink too much coffee and red wine, but I'm good. Search for No Idea with Shannon Kaysen on YouTube and subscribe. It's brand new, so subscribe. Okay, enjoy the show. Welcome to Homemade Stories number 120. I'm Shannon Kaysen. A friend of mine, Trisha Rose Burt, she has a new podcast called No Time to Be Timid. Uh, go listen to that one and subscribe. But she reached out to me one day for some podcasting advice. We know each other from the moth. And she has some questions about podcasting. I don't know if I got the answer, but I listened to her show and I told her I love the concept because I relate to it. You know, I'm no kid, and I got started in my creative life later. And uh, But I also feel like it's right on time. You know, and that's what this short episode is about. Maybe it's late, but then again, maybe it's not. Maybe it's right on time. Nature proves that certain seeds lay dormant until later, and then they outgrow them all. I've had friends of the show who call me or, or email me and talk to me about their retirement and the anxiety that they're feeling and starting over again. And I share homemade stories number 116, 
reset. You know, we all go through resets at some point. I recently shared episode uh, 49, Johnny Walker Smith with someone. Go back and get that a listen. It's a great late bloomer story. But first, check out this one. It's called Late Bloomer. I hope you enjoy There's a guy who cares for the garden outside my apartment. He's tall like me, but then, I don't know his name. I think he's just a tenant who does the ground maintenance for the garden, not the grass. I never seen him cutting a small lawn in front of the building, just a flower garden. I moved in in June this year. He's one of the first people I saw at the apartment building. Well, first, it was the people who were the former tenants. A couple who didn't pay me much mind as I walked through their space. It kept a messy apartment and the bathroom was the worst. It needed a lot of work before I moved in. Then it was the owner, an older lady with loose skin and red lipstick who drove a Lexus. When I asked her how long she owned the property, she said, I own about 10 properties in Chicago, dear. We've owned that most of my life. My father bought it. When she was telling me about her vacation home, kitchen being remodeled, I mentioned how disgusting the one-bedroom's bathroom was when I visited, and she looked concerned and said it would be taken care of, dear. (laughs) Then I met the tenant who tended the flowers after I moved in. He was sitting on the ground planting something. I said, hey, the flowers look good. He smiled and said, thanks. We always speak to each other when I'm walking in and he's working in the garden. I only talk enough to be friendly just in case he's talkative. I don't want to have a full-fledged conversation about flowers while I'm trying to carry in my grocery bags, but he only says a few words so I feel safe standing there on the walkway under the sun while he's working, both of us saying nothing. One day he was planting flowers late at night. I said, huh, working late, huh? He said, yeah. I thought it seemed late in the season to be planting flowers, but I didn't ask. I just walked inside. Over the next few weeks, I saw the stalks springing up through the surface, straight up. It didn't take too long, and they were about two feet out of the ground. I walked in once while he was tending to other flowers and plants, And I said, wow, those really came up fast. He said, yeah, wait until they bloom. I said, yeah? He said, yeah. I wanted him to tell me more, but that was it. I went inside. The weather in Chicago switches up fast. One day it's summer, sun, shirtless, and fun. Then immediately fall, clouds, coats, and life. I saw my neighbor as I walked in the apartment building and the flower stalks were taller than us both now. I said, damn, they up there now. He said, yeah, any day now. I said, okay. I didn't pay much attention to the stalks until that day. Bright yellow, big flowers at the top of each stalk. My neighbor was standing in front of the building looking at the blooming flowers. I walked up to the entrance with heavy bags of groceries from Jewel Osco. I stopped and stood next to him. The wind was cool. I let the bags pull on my arms to stretch my shoulders out. The big yellow flowers in the wind made the stalks stoop over to just about both our heights. 
I said, wow. He said, yeah. I said, it was worth the wait. He said, it was. I went inside. I've been a late bloomer for all my life. No real boyfriend-girlfriend relationships until college. Actually, not really sexually active till my mid to late 20s, after my early church life chapters. Didn't really start a real salary-type job till my 30s. Just bullshit jobs up to that point. I smoked weed for the first time at 37. It's still not a habit for me, thank goodness. (laughs) My creative life didn't start until my mid-30s either. The seed was planted early, but I was in a small flower pot. It wasn't until I was replanted in the larger garden of Chicago that I really grew roots and sprang out of the ground. I'm still growing, and I know it's late. That's why I always encourage young people to go. Do something. Somewhere else as early as possible. Get away from home. Don't wait. Start early. But I'm talking to my late bloomers. Even if it's later, don't worry about these young folks. They go do what they do. Don't get bitter. Don't be negatively sarcastic. You can crack a joke or two about young people. They get it. But don't be bitter about it. Focus on you, late bloomer. Don't delay. Get to it. And we're not alone. Even if you're a little slower than most and got started a little later, there are plenty of examples. I wrote a sentence, on, uh, and the sentence was, on hot, sticky days in southern Louisiana, the fire ants swarmed. I wrote that sentence, and I, and I was a computer programmer then in New York working for Mobile Oil on the weekend, so I was the only person there. And I wrote that sentence. I said, wow, that's a nice sentence. That could be like a novel. So I started writing, you know, uh, based on that sentence, that sentence actually never went anywhere. But um, I, you know, I just kept writing, and and I after a while, I had this idea. You know, I said, well, you know, I would like to write a story, beginning, middle, and end. And so I worked toward that end, and in and then you know, I studied. I went to a, a, I went I studied with this guy for a while, and then uh, City College, uh, CCNY, New York had a, a writing course, so I went to that. Um, you know, and and. Time went by, and, and so at some point, you know, a novel happened. But I wasn't—I wasn't really planning on it, and I certainly wasn't planning, and not even on getting published. I just wanted to write a story. When I quit the post office, you know, I used to go to work at six eighteen p.m. Mm. So I would look at the clock; it'd say six eighteen p.m. I'd sit down the typewriter and start typing. Mm. But it was much more joyful because I had a drink there and a cigar and the radio on. Mm. It was a better job, much better. So, did you work every night? No. To begin with, yeah, I was petrified. I thought I couldn't make it. You know, I was going to be a professional writer. Uh-huh. So there was a lot of fear there. I have to admit, because I didn't have any money, and uh, I had to write a lot of dirty stories for the sex magazines. You know, to get money so I could write the other stuff. Mm. So. The stories I later became famous, these sex stories that I was writing for a buck, you know. And they all published. Yeah, and they got published in uh, as real literature. Oh, real literature. <laughs> well, yeah. see, all I wanted was sex in a story. So what I tried to do was put sex in and put the real thing in around it, mm-hmm. see? So Just to sell it. Well, you, they, they had to have sex. So mm-hmm. 
I'd write a story and somewhere I'd just drop in some sex, you know? And I'd go on telling my story. And where did you get your inspiration from? I mean, alcohol. Yeah. I never write without it. Mm. You drink a lot? Too much. Too much? Yeah. But what do you drink when you're writing? I mean, beer, oh, just uh, wine. whiskey, wine, wine. wine. Whiskey doesn't work because you get drunk too fast. On beer, wine, you can go on for hours, you know. Mm. Whiskey, hour and ten minutes, you're finished. Mm. Your writing gets bad or overdramatic, gets shitty. Mm. So, wine is best red wine it's amazing how much time there is when you're unhappy uh, some people fill up their misery with parties and dinners and so on but if you don't do that the children go to sleep at seven and then there's the long night before you have to get up the next morning and that's when I wanted to read this book because that's what I'd always done mm. in downtime or uptime I am a reader and at that time I was 30 and I really wanted a certain kind of experience I wanted to share. Didn't analyze it terribly much, but I knew that I wanted to read about people like me, people who were black and were young and had lived in the Midwest, and nobody wrote about them, and whenever they did, they were never center stage in a text. Mm. They were always uh, toys, uh, background, scenery. And also, the most important thing for me when I was writing is that in this emotional chaos that I was in, the whole world takes on that view. It all looks disorderly. You cannot trust your judgment anymore. Um, the single clear thing was the children. So you're living in a world of chaos. Writing ordered it for me. Walter Mosley started writing at 34. While working as a computer programmer, he took some courses, started writing every day. I have fun, you know, like, and, and I, I think that if you have fun and if you're clear about what you're doing and you can express that, um, then you at least have a chance to be successful and you definitely have a chance to be doing what you love to do. Toni Morrison wrote while she was raising two kids and published her first novel at 38. Uh, I really call myself now a writer because I only write when I can't not do it, when I'm so compelled to do it. And part of it is what I presume will be, since I'm a very good reader and a very fastidious and careful reader, very picky about what I like, I would try to write the kind of book that I really wanted to read. read. Charles Bukowski quit his job at the post office and didn't start writing full-time to 49. Famous after you're dead? No, I never considered that. I, all I wanted was to write well enough to pay the rent and have something to drink. Mm. I, I never really expected uh, this kind of luck. I didn't expect it. I felt I could write good compared to the others, but I didn't expect anything to happen. You know, I wanted survival, that's all. A bare survival. As I enter this second half of life, I'm probably past the second half. <laughs> probably in the middle of the third quarter, who knows? But as I enter 
this second half of life, I still feel like I'm just starting. I've sprouted for sure. I've grown and my bud is ripe for bursting any day now, any day now, any day. Wait, what if it doesn't bloom? It's got to bloom. That's just how things work, right? But what if? Wait. What's happening? Thanks for listening. This episode was lightly produced by me, Shannon Kaysen. A proud late bloomer still and always coming into my own. I love experiencing new things later in life. I ain't seen it all. I ain't been everywhere. I ain't done everything. It keeps me fresh. I keep young friends. I even date the young ladies sometimes. You know, keeps me in the know of the new shit. My age is a mystery, and it'll always be that way. So much love to my late bloomers out there. Make sure you become a friend of the show at patreon.com backslash Shannon Kaysen. Subscribe to No Idea with Shannon Kaysen on YouTube and follow me at Shannon Kaysen on Instagram and Twitter. And to all my late bloomers out there, if you still breathe it, you still have value. Never give up. Get to work. And I'll talk to you soon. Mm, mm, mm. Now that's homemade.